Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Podcast, the one that you heard about, talking sports media, buzz and the word of mouth, social is the currency, seeing what the buzz will be, talking sports and culture, you never know what'll be coming next, cause that's the type of podcast you listen to, powered by the hyper, brands who the man, yo, Ryan at the forefront, got it on my iTunes, walking through the storefront, listen to the broadcast, he touches almost anything, sports, culture, media, technology, and marketing, so listen to the man right ahead of his time, on your podcast, you can download or listen live, so here comes the podcast here comes your host the burger shop now live from coast to coast in any way you want to do it listen to the show Ron got the insights the burger shop you know I'm coming home. Those were the three words. I'm coming home. The words that LeBron James delivered to the nation and the words that last night he backed up in a big, big way. Good afternoon, everybody. A Monday, an absolute gorgeous Monday outside, episode 36, inside the burger shop, taking you through the next hour of technology, marketing, sports, Culture and more. I am Ryan Berger off a wild sports weekend, a, a, a fun weekend, obviously incredible weather. Uh, Father's Day, everybody I'm sure got out on the golf course or had their brunches, had their barbecues, set up a really fantastic weekend. But the one thing you knew everybody had was 8 p.m., put everybody to bed, get in front of that big screen or in case of mine, a couple of big screens and Enjoy that game, and boy, did they give you everything you're looking for. That is about as epic a sporting event as you'll find. Not a beautifully played game, but just an epic intensity uh, game with just unbelievable ramifications. And in a couple of minutes, we will speak to the uh, the voice of Cherry Hill, New Jersey, uh, Joe Schwartz, who sort of is uh, kind of the house to uh, Bill Simmons on his show that he is to uh, inside the burger shop. So we will touch, uh, talk to Joe in a couple minutes about you know what what his thoughts were on the series, and I'm sure he's got some unbelievably interesting things to talk about it, as well as uh, what is he hearing down in his uh, city of brotherly love down in Philadelphia, where he uh, now resides. 
along with his uh, winter home down in Boca Raton, Florida. So getting some good information and some good uh, insights from Joseph will be, will be good. And, of course, uh, we are delighted to have Bonnie Bernstein and Zigna Labs on the show last week, and it was a lot of fun hearing about the stuff Bonnie is up to, looking up to someone like Bonnie, growing up watching a ton of sports and seeing all the big events and big things Bonnie's worked on. So uh, thanks to her being on the show, and of course, Tim Hayden, the Vice President of Marketing over at Zigna Labs, and we'll pay them a visit when we're out in uh, San Francisco next month at Twitter and, and Twitter Sports for uh, the Sports Business Summit. And when we get over there, we will sit down with Zignal, and they had some really interesting things to share around conversations online, offline, how brands are capitalized on it, specifically the Sacramento Kings. So some interesting stuff from uh, Tim and Bonnie last week. We, uh, of course, thank our sponsors today, Hyper. Um, Hyper is the leader in celebrity and influencer technology from the standpoint of understanding the analytics and the, and the social engagement. Uh, Hyper is the largest search engine in the world with over 700 million influencers in their database. You could find out more at hyperbrands, H-Y-P-R, brands.com and if you listen to the show and I know all you do and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes at Inside the Burger Shop you know that we do the Hyperheat report and we look at a couple of different individuals and today we will look at uh, Dustin Johnson and LeBron James the two big winners of course uh, from the weekend um, and then we will look at their social data and what their social looks like provided to us by Hyper. Of course, thanks to our other sponsor, the Crowds Line. Uh, the Crowds Line is the best predictive game on the net. When you head over to CBS or any of the other sports websites, you can predict what is going to happen in the game tonight. Last night, the crowd liked Cleveland and the points for Game 7. The crowd also liked the under, and the crowd nailed both the spread and the over-under relative to Vegas. The Crowds Line gave out thousands of dollars in prices over the course of the NBA Finals. And with the crowd line, you can only win because all contests are free. The crowd line will be covering Major League Baseball and the CFL until Labor Day and giving away thousands of dollars in prizes. Remember, come and play all the crowd lines contests and win prizes for free. All contests on the crowd lines are free and will always be free. So, of course, when you hear that word free, you know you want to head over there, make your prediction. Everyone's got a prediction on what's going to happen, who they think is going to win. Make your prediction at the crowd line. Head over there today. And, again, it is free. And now we are joined by uh, the voice of Cherry Hill, New Jersey, Joseph Schwartz, uh, Looking forward to checking in with Joe for a couple minutes. I'm sure just about getting off the beach down there in Margate after a gorgeous weekend. Joseph, welcome <laughs> to Inside the Burger Shop. How are things? Hey, Ryan. Thanks for having me, bud. You are correct. Just getting off the beach here. Uh, this is around the time that I like to head back to the house and move it to, to the backyard some. But, uh, wow, what a night last night. How right for, for NBA fans like you and me, it really doesn't get any better. Game 7. LeBron at uh, Steph Curry's home, where they where they only lost once, I believe, in the in the in the playoffs this year. Yeah, once in the playoffs, and, uh, and then the Rangers say correct, correct. Yeah, I mean, just an incredible game. I mean, where do you want to start? I guess just where, how the game went down, huh? I mean, pretty incredible, was it not? Yeah, I mean, just an inc- a- a- epic game. You know, incredible. 
you know, a couple obviously plays that the more you break down the game and look at some specific plays all time, uh, all time, you know, the, 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 I guess we start with James uh, just in an incredible performance. And, you know, I got to tell you the, the conversation around, you know, is he the real deal? Is he not? Has his skills eroded? Has it not? The decision to go to Miami, the decision to stay in Cleveland. This is a guy who left this cushy, incredible Pat Riley environment, went back home, something that frankly takes a lot of onions to do, went to a team who had some young pieces, but who knows what would have happened, takes a team down 3-1 in the series. Uh, you know, what I thought was most impressive was he, he baits the Draymond, uh, Draymond eventually goes for I mean, the series looked over at 3-1. Draymond goes for the bait, uh, gets suspended, and the whole entire thing changes. And, you know, I at the time thought it was a real sort of soft move LeBron made, but he backed it up in the next three games with immortal, immortal performances that makes people Boy, like what I'm saying just up. incredible. So why don't we start I mean, there and give 40, us your thought what did you see from absolutely. this guy? No, the three games, I mean, these three games, Ryan, I mean, the guy is down 3-1, which has never been done before in the finals to come back from 3-1. He's got to win in Golden State twice to do it. He comes out with 41-41 and a triple-double in game seven. He averaged his last three games, I think I saw it somewhere, 36.5 points, 11.5 rebounds, just a a shade under 10 assists. Three blocks and three steals led both teams in every statistical category, which has never been done before in the finals. I mean, there's nothing really more than you can say than that. I mean, that is just incredible. He gave everything he had in those three games. And, I, I mean, I think it's fair to say he stopped uh, whatever LeBron hate there is out there. And me and you both could be accused a little bit of some LeBron hate here and there. We were both piled on him early in, in the in the beginning of the series where he didn't look that into it. He, he wasn't shooting the ball at all. And uh, he, frankly, it, it looked like they were going to roll over. And, and you're absolutely correct. The Draymond Green play happened. And it, it they, which, what I thought was interesting was that Steve Kerr let his players really talk about LeBron. And they, and they started calling him names and this and that. And I think it really – really made LeBron flip the switch. And, I mean, the last three games were just incredible, absolutely incredible. I mean, how about that, uh, the block, or as they're calling it, the chase down, I believe they're calling it now, right? The chase down. What would you think of that? Yeah, we'll get, to that. We'll, we'll get to that play in a second. It's interesting, you know, when you look at game five, he came out looking to score the basketball. Game six, the same. I thought LeBron got off to a pretty rough start, and what's so amazing about this guy is similar to game one and game two, he's getting triple-doubles in games. He's not playing as incredible as, say, he played in game five or game six. If you recall, last night he came out and actually had four turnovers or three turnovers in the first quarter, started to leave his feet again, try to kick the ball out. I mean, this was actually, you think they were down seven going into the second half, and immediately wiped out that deficit with a couple of huge shots from your boy, J.R. Smith. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. How big, JR, how big were yeah. those? J.R. hit some big shots. I thought at halftime, uh, I thought it was going to be go, go the way of the Golden State Warriors. I thought that things were looking, like you say, similar to the first uh, two or three games of the series where LeBron 
didn't seem as, as into it, and he was turning the ball over. He didn't look uh, nearly what he did in games five and six, where he started trusting his shot again. And I actually think, I mean, the series turned on that when LeBron started hitting his jump shot in game five. It, it seemed like it gave Cleveland and LeBron just this boost of, of energy and confidence that they really were lacking in the first couple games. And I feel like that's, you know, the game, the series really changed when LeBron started making, making some of those shots. But I mean, I thought Cleveland's D was incredible. I mean, they were so physical with Curry and Thompson coming off the picks and, and the way that they, the way that they changed the series around when, when love uh, missed the game with the concussion and they started Richard Jefferson, uh, Ted Sona's favorite player uh, you know, they, uh, they started playing a little bit different on the defensive end. And I think, I think that that, in addition to LeBron's offense, I mean, it really, it really changed things. It really turned the series around, and, and it, was the, it was the difference for them winning. I mean, Golden State scored 13 points in the fourth quarter last night, right? I mean, they're the, the, they're the run and gun, space them out, three-point shooters, and they had 13 in the fourth quarter. I think that Cleveland's defense gets very much overlooked so far I, I, it was just incredible and i think a big a big a lot of that has to go to tyrone lou i mean what what, what a job this guy does in the mid-series he makes some key adjustments he moves lebron to guard draymond green and and i mean you know what what a performance by a rookie head coach who who, who joined halfway through the season huh well, I, I agree completely. I thought their defensive effort was so unbelievable, that, and nobody has talked about that. And I thought that was the key to the series. And one of the things that I was shocked about is the amount of, while I call them terrible looks and terrible shots that Thompson and Curry were shooting, a lot of people's answer is, well, they normally shoot bad shots. And that's just not, not a fair evaluation of that statement because, yes, Steph – a couple times a game during the regular season will take crazy shots and he will make them. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about hurried, forced, taking shots because it's the, M, you know, it's the finals and they need to get shots off or else they're going to be criticized. I mean, shots that are not open, that were forced. Curry had a couple of running threes. I mean, you don't see those that he, hit, he took yesterday. But, you know, again, when you're in the regular season playing against some of these teams, they're not coming out every night and doing Doing what Cleveland did, and I have not seen that yet, and is not easy to do against Cle- against, is absolutely punish Curry all over the floor, punish him offensively on defense. Every switch, go at him, knock him after the whistle, knock him down Very left and right. That was old school. And then you start – that's old school basketball. And then you start thinking about the big picture. And then you start saying, is this Golden State team the real deal? Or are they what you would start to think are like almost a West Coast finesse team who got beat up by a Midwest hard team who, 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 who frankly beat the crap out of them the last three games physically, especially without Bogut? They, they definitely – Definitely dominated the physical aspect of the game. I mean, once Bogut went down, I feel like the the, the toughness for Cleveland really really out outshined everything else. I mean, Tristan Thompson, this guy, just just what an incredible performance with with the offensive rebounds and the hustle. It seemed like every time they needed a play last night, Tristan Thompson was there. He was doing it, and I mean, those are the things that LeBron needed. That's what LeBron needed. He needed a couple guys. You know, Love, maybe he didn't have his best series. Maybe the matchup wasn't that great for him. 
but well, 14, 15 rebounds last night. Some key play. Uh, he was a plus 19, which is which was the biggest number in I the game. I thought he was great. Um, I thought he was phenomenal. I'm all over the Twitter channel pushing love to come to New York for Carmelo. You mentioned Tristan Thompson. <laughs> we know from the hyper data with Tristan over 640,000 Instagram followers and over. 300,000 on the Facebook channel, Tristan Thompson, getting a lot more social, posting up a lot of pictures from their big night last night in Vegas. He's an absolute beast on the boards. Love was a beast. They finally got him down low. He's hitting the offensive glass. Van Gundy's loving every minute of it. You know, they had some special numbers, special moments last night from their role players. A guy who I thought had a terrible series played great last night in Shumper. I thought he played really, really, really well. Had a huge play. Uh, he he played. He he brought his game finally last night, Shump, huh? Absolutely, he hit the three and one, which was a big, which which was a very big play for him. I mean, I thought he played great defense. Back to our point originally, I mean, with the physicality of Shumpert, he, the way that these guys on Cleveland, they grabbed and they held and they pushed step every opportunity they could. Now, the refs don't, don't allow that stuff in the regular season, obviously, as we saw Golden State cruise to their, you know, the best record ever, and, you know, they were blowing teams out and this and that. But when the, when the game comes to the playoffs, the things change. And Cleveland, Cleveland took, took it upon themselves to get physical with Steph. And I absolutely agree with you. I think by game seven, he just looked not only frustrated, but he looked, he looked rather exhausted. I mean, I know people are saying, was he hurt, this and that. I just think it was a, a, it was a very tough seven-game series for him. I think LeBron really uh, cemented his dominance and just the power and the strength that he has is so unmatched by any other player. And, you know, Steph Curry, by, by, by seven games, was, was physically beat up in that series. And I think that's what Cleveland wanted to do. And I think that's what Tyrone Lue brought to the table. I think that that was the big difference between him and Blatt. And I think that, boy, they executed their game plan fantastically once they were down 3-1. The whole series changed. And, you know, just an unbelievable comeback. Really incredible. And I think that we have to talk a little bit about Kyrie Irving because this guy outplays the two-time unanimous MVP of the, se- of the of this regular season. And I, uh, how about that three when it was tied at 89, huh? Coming off the chase down? You look, at Kyrie's right numbers on, you look at Kyrie's numbers on the social and you look at from Hyper, we see Kyrie with over 5.5 million Instagram followers getting 110,000 likes for every one of his posts. Kyrie, a major influencer, a major celebrity, and cemented his place in the, in, in, uh, in the world with that performance the last couple of games and what he did last night and throughout the series to Curry back and forth all over the floor, the handle, the left, the right, the finishing, the finishing, the jump shot, and, of course, the three ball last oh. night. I mean, he's the closest I've seen to you know, the way Isaiah looked with the way he was able to shoot the ball move both ways. It reminds me so much of Zeke in 88. The kid can just flat out ball, and boy, did he have Steph on the grill all night. <laughs> he really did. He, he, he was incredible, Kyrie Irving. I mean, the way he scored, I mean, he carried him in the middle, in the middle games of that series. You know, it was LeBron and him. It was their show. 
And, you know, you just, you just can't help but be happy for Kyrie. He missed it last year. He was in, you know, in the hospital, I believe, when, when the last game went off and watched it from a, a hospital bed. And the guy gets the redemption to come back this year. And he just has big bucket after big bucket. And, you know, personally, I, I feel he outplayed Steph Curry. I mean, you know, we're both uh, former point guards. I know that, that we like to watch that position. And, uh, you know, in the NBA – the the better point guard, the, the the team that has the better better point guard is is, is going to have a big advantage. And Steph Curry dominated everybody all year, and then you know Kyrie Irving really brought it to him. I was very very impressed with the series that that Kyrie Irving had. We're talking again, Joe Joe Schwartz down is the voice of Cherry Hill in New Jersey, and tried to. Uh, throw out a little bit of a hoax to the audience mentioning that he was a point guard. Let's make it clear. Uh, Joe and myself were shooting guards. Joe really likes to. Absolutely. You know, I, we, we brought up the Shumpert reference before because Shumpert did the Joe Schwartz, the four-point play. So we, of course, need to <laughs> reference that, Joe, the originator of the, the three-pointer and the, and the fall down for the N, the N1. When, we, when you look at Golden State, Joe, you know, 73 wins, a championship last year, you know, tie game, two minutes left, ball goes into Iguodala, goes up for a layup, and LeBron comes out of nowhere and, and makes a block that is as good and as big as any play you're ever going to see in, in the history of sports. I mean, game seven, minute and a half to go with the ramifications so significant, comes out of nowhere. I mean, he had a block against Draymond and Steph in the last – couple games chasing guys down but this one was extra special uh jr made a great play right before that to actually make him go the other way and let lebron have that block this is right after the Cavs were down six lebron gets fouled by azili shooting a three makes all Which three is, foul shots very questionable why Azili's even in the game at that point, right? I mean, that's the whole other thing that we can talk about. He, but, uh, he, he was awful, awful series. Awful, awful series. Awful. I mean, nowhere. And, and so LeBron makes that play. Goes, he makes all three. All three huge. You've got to make all three. Makes all three. They get a stop, and then he comes down and drills a three. And, you know, now they're just back up one from down. I mean, just every, every big play. Uh, you know, that you could make, and the guy, you know, just un- unbelievable. But that stretch was as big as any stretch you're going to see in the history of the league when it comes down to how close this game was and how kind of crazy up and down the series was. Well, 89-89, LeBron misses a, a five-foot little jump hook in the lane that, that you know, we're very surprised that he missed it. It was a wide-open little hook. I'm, I'm sure he hits that nine out of ten times. I'm sure he's very mad at himself, and you almost see him watching from afar, from behind. He times it perfectly. I mean, the guy, I said it today, I think the greatest block shot I've ever seen in my entire life. Now, how many times do you say that after you watch a basketball game where you say, that was the greatest block shot I've ever seen in my entire life? But it really was. I mean, the the, the game is 89-89 there. Iguodala makes that, and now Golden State's up two, and the, and the whole game is different. He blocks it. They come down. Kyrie hits the three, and that's the game-winning shot right there as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, LeBron, what else do you have to say about this guy? I mean, I, I really hope that, that we could stop with, with all the LeBron bashing and this and that. The guy is just absolutely incredible the best player uh, of this generation by far. And, 
you know, he, he's taking those steps to, to be in the conversation, right, with the greatest ever, who, I, you know, in my eyes is Michael Jordan. But uh, I think LeBron's in that conversation now. I mean, he's got, you know, he's got three, three championships. He's, got, he's been to the finals six times. He's got four MVPs of the regular season, three final MVPs. I mean, what, what more do you want this guy to do? And, and, yeah, I mean, Cleveland's not going anywhere. As long as LeBron is there, you know, I, I don't see them. I don't see anyone stepping in their way in the East. And, and I imagine we're going to get LeBron in the finals at least two or three more times. It's just remarkable how how it goes with a guy like him. You know, the first couple of games, you mentioned it before. Again, we're talking out of the mouth of Cherry Hill, Joe Schwartz. When you mentioned it before that uh, when you looked at LeBron the first couple of games, passing out, people killing him, doesn't have this kind of killer's mentality, doesn't have Jordan's mentality of wanting to win. You know, you heard all the stuff, all the people came out of the woodwork, and my hand is up, I was one, you know, as well. And my <laughs> brother, kill him, kill him in the Bridgehampton, sort of laughing, saying, yeah, I agree, but, you know, he's also this, he's got a triple-double, just no idea as a basketball guy how to react when people are killing this guy. Because on the one hand, I saw it all. Uh, other players saw it. They were commenting. and then, But on the other side, you know, the guy comes out and then does it. And obviously people just were questioning why he, he just doesn't have that all the time. And I guess if he did have that all the time, he would average 60 points, 30 rebounds, and, and 20 assists, and it wouldn't be fun for anybody. So that's why he kind of, you know, goes as 75%, I guess. Just incredible, right Now, now the, the the big the big interesting thing is is uh, I mean right now I know you're a you're a big odds guy as a, as am I I mean it looks like Golden State is the favorite to to win the title next year and Cleveland Cleveland is is, is the second favorite and I am at, I imagine it's going to be a rematch would you would you not would you not like to see that or do you not think that I mean obviously a lot of things can happen but I believe that 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 I. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Golden State in Cleveland again next year, right? Well, it's great, Joe. This is exactly why we love having you on Inside the Burger Shop. We know we could count on you to not only watch the post game, but to not only but to be able to wake up and check the season odds for 2017. <laughs> we know you are totally excited. We have not seen that over there, but certainly understand. Oklahoma City was so close to beating Golden State. Obviously, they're sitting there today not only a little nervous about uh, where KD is going to go, but they're also just kicking themselves for coming up short against Golden State when they were so close to winning that series. Uh, would have been interesting to see them against Cleveland in this Westbrook against Kyrie matchup because uh, I don't think Kyrie would have been able to go off the way uh, he did. The only difference is, again, there, just, there is – no matchup for James. There's just no matchup for James, and I think in the end that clearly would have would have prevailed. Absolutely right. I agree. I think that this was destined for LeBron. I think that the way they steamrolled the East, they had they came in as rested and as healthy as could be into the finals. I thought that was a big difference. I think it would have been a difference no matter who they played from the West. The West is so tough. It's so competitive that you know Golden State got pushed to the limit against Oklahoma City. They came in. They, they won two easy games against Cleveland, thought they were going to walk through this one, and, and then it got physical, and they looked tired. But, uh, you know, Cleveland was fresh. They wanted it. LeBron, he, he had this poise to him that I don't think we've seen may, maybe ever. 
And uh, I think it was destined for LeBron to win this one. And I think he knew what he was doing when he left Miami. I think he knew what he was doing when he joined Cleveland to play with Kyrie. I think he brought love. He he brought J.R. Smith. He brought Channing Frye, Richard Jefferson. I mean, boy, all the pieces, all all the the moves that they made. I mean, it it really, it really worked out to, to perfectly for Cleveland. I mean, they couldn't have scripted it any better, huh? I was sort of got a little chuckle uh, when the season when the series was being promoted and they're saying Cleveland a whole new team this year love uh, Kyrie and Channing Frye and I thought it was funny <laughs> because I wasn't sure how Channing Frye was able to play in the series and clearly after game two Lou realized the same thing he he, he couldn't be out there and, and he and he probably won't be in the league anymore he's you know just a standstill big. Uh, for and and he obviously tried to come in and and, and play a little bit for love, who I, I want to talk about for a second because I thought he was tremendous last night, both on the boards in his old Team USA role, but also defensively. And I thought that was the, one of the biggest aspects of this series was could the Golden could the Golden excuse me the Cleveland Bigs stay with the Golden State guards the way OKC did, and last year they were not able to do that, and OKC with Ibaka and they were able Adams able to switch and really get good contested hands up on those three point shots. And when you looked at what Cleveland was able to do, I thought Love was tremendous last night in guarding Curry on switches. Uh, Tristan Thompson, ditto. They really did an incredible job. And I know Lou was tempted to go Mozgov, but those bigs did a just an <laughs> incredible job. When you look at the hyper data from from Kevin Love, you see Love with 1.9 million followers on Twitter and almost 2 million on Facebook. So, and then another one and a half on Instagram. So you see Kevin Love with almost 4 million social followers. Big night for Love. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm pushing. I love Kevin Love. I think he's used totally wrong in Cleveland. I think he's going to have a big bounce back year if they trade him to Boston and Phoenix. And we'll talk to Joe about uh, his NBA draft and where the Sixers are leaning in a couple of minutes. But what do you see from Love, Joe? What does this guy have left? Has he been miscast? Does he still have it over the course of a year? What are your thoughts? Well, I think that Obviously, Kevin Love was an all-star in Minnesota. He had a, 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 an unbelievable back-to-the-basket game. He, he was a rebounding machine. And uh, he, his talents obviously need to be different when he comes to Cleveland. I thought the regular season, I thought he was great. I thought he had a great playoffs up in, through, as they moved through the East. I just think that Golden State was a bad matchup for Kevin Love. I think that maybe – they didn't look at just beating Golden State when they went out to get Kevin Love, but they, they definitely made the right move bringing Kevin Love in for the regular season and all of the, all of the teams they're going to play in the East. Love, he, he, he had a great season. He had a great playoffs. He looked like it was going to continue, and then he got, he, he, you know, he, he got exposed a little bit with, 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 with the matchup against Golden State. But, you know, Love, the ultimate competitor, the ultimate team player, accepted the role that it was going to be a little bit less for him. And boy, did he show up in game seven? I mean, how much more can you ask for a guy? You know, he missed game three with concussion. Everyone's yelling. Maybe they're better without him. Maybe he shouldn't play. Maybe he shouldn't start. This guy has, has two or three bad games and you know, he's ready for game seven. I mean, that is the ultimate, comp- the ultimate competitor teammate. I mean, I, I'm a big Kevin Love fan. Always have been. 
I'd take him on any team, you know, that I was rooting for, for sure. I actually, I actually don't think that Cleveland is going to move Kevin Love. I mean, I could see them doing it, but why, why you know, you win the championship. I think that the embrace between Love and, and LeBron James at, at the buzzer, I think that, that showed a lot about the respect that the two have for each other and how much, they, you know, Kevin Love uh, gave up to come to Cleveland. And I, I would be shocked to see if they, if they move Love in the offseason. I don't, I don't see them having any trouble getting back to the, the finals in the East. I think it's a cakewalk for them again next year. And, you know, I, I'd be very, very shocked if they move Kevin Love. I'm a, I'm a big Kevin Love fan. Thought he played great last night. The defense he played on Steph in the last 30 seconds there, I mean, that is – that game tape should be shown to every big power forward growing up on how you should play against a guard, you know, in, in crunch time like that. The guy – he played his heart out, and, and I'm very happy for him. And, you know, he, now he, he could call himself a world champion. That's to a lot of the Knicks fans who love to listen to the podcast, and we like to talk to about why we like Kevin Love as well. So, you know, well-spoken, uh, well-spoken Joe, and, you know, we appreciate uh, that honest take on, on Love. And, of course, yeah, there have been a lot of times in which you look at his pick-and-roll defense and perimeter defense, and it is not up to par even at the NBA standards. But he was uh, tremendous last night, and I thought it had a pretty good series under some really tough circumstances. So, you know, totally agree. And, again, we're talking to uh, the mouth of uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, Joe Schwartz. You could follow him on Twitter at JoeyBlack26, uh, the voice of Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and uh, Boca Raton, Florida. You could usually find him at the uh, Pancake House uh, with the extra whipped cream for Joe. Uh, Joe, what do I love the whipped cream uh, Pancake House? Let's go up to Philly where, you know, you're a big Wiz fan and Wit, Wit Onion, of course, and, and uh, let's talk about what's going on down there. Last time we had you on the show, you were, uh, you know, singing the praises of uh, Sam Hinkie and really believed in the system, and uh, we, I know we spoke a couple weeks later when he was fired, and uh, you felt strongly that it was incorrect, and He's obviously built a really interesting roster right now with unbelievable potential, a lot of picks. We have the NBA draft Thursday night uh, here in New York, which should be a fun evening. A bunch of interesting players out there, top two guys, clearly the top two uh, in the draft. Um, Brandon Ingram from Duke, the freshman, the long out of California, Uh, and Ben Simmons from LSU, the 6'10", kind of Odomi, Derek Coleman a little bit. Uh, give us your thoughts on what you're hearing. I know your ear is to the ground in, in, in Philadelphia, uh, spending all that time in gyms. What are you hearing? Well, uh, the, real, the real season starts for us Philadelphia 76ers fans on Thursday, Ryan. The NBA season may have ended last night, but this is where it starts. It's a new beginning, so to speak. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's something to really look forward to. I think that the Sixers take Ben Simmons uh, without a doubt. I think it's uh, pretty much a lock that that's who they're going to take. Um, and I couldn't be more excited about it and happy about it. I mean, this guy is a six foot ten, two hundred and forty pound point guard. Uh, he had one of the greatest college basketball seasons ever statistically last year. I know his team didn't win. 
I know uh, they didn't make the NCAA tournament, but the, the numbers and, and the way that this guy plays the game of basketball is just very exciting for someone who is a Sixers fan like myself and who's just dying to have a player of that ability. I mean, you watched LeBron James last night, and you can only hope if you're a Sixers fan that this guy is going to eventually look like what LeBron did last night. I know that he, you know, he, he, he models his game after LeBron. I know that LeBron has somewhat taken him under his wing and has become a mentor to, to Ben Simmons. And uh, in this day and age, with the, with the way that the spacing and the three-point shot is in the NBA, people say that that's the way to win. That's the way that these teams are modeling their, their, their teams after but Golden State. But, I mean, LeBron showed it last night. And, and Kyrie, too. I mean, you still win in the NBA in the playoffs with one-on-one basketball and an absolute superstar who is a matchup problem. And that's what I'm hoping Ben Simmons turns into, Ryan. I can only hope that the Sixers franchise in, in eight years is, is doing what the Cleveland franchise is right now, and that's planning for a parade, planning for a parade, right? There's some sources out there that are talking about uh, the Sixers moving Jail Okafor as their latest uh, latest proposal over to the, the, the Celtics for, for Avery Bradley in a package. There's been a bunch of bunch of things thrown out there. Uh, will Philadelphia entertain trading the pick, or will they look to package some of their players? What are they looking to do? This is a team that has loaded with uh, potential after five years of being the worst team in the history of sports. Well, I think this goes back to what you mentioned before. I mean, you know I am a very big Sam Hinkie fan. I thought that the process, as they dubbed it here in Philadelphia, uh, happened to have worked out perfectly. We, we, we acquired the number one pick in, in, a, in a draft where there's a, a potential future superstar uh, available, available to be picked. We have a number of big men, a number of young assets, a, a lot of draft picks still coming up in the future. Um, I, 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 don't, I, I know that the Sixers are very interested in, in Chris Dunn from Providence. I'm not exactly sure how they're going to go about acquiring another pick like that. Um, I, I had much more confidence in Sam Hinkie than I do in Brian Colangelo. I'm not too sure what uh, what the this this new group of, of Sixers front office have in mind. Uh, I have heard some reports also uh, about Jaleel you know, being moved. I, I don't know if his value is that high right now in the league where we could get the three or the four or the five pick, which which I think is going to which is what it's going to take to get Chris done. I do know that I would what I would like the Sixers to do is just just basically be patient the way that Sam Hinkie has done it. I mean, we have uh, possibly the Lakers top pick next year. We have possibly Sacramento's top pick next year. And, and again, our pick, which, which will probably be pretty high. And I, I know that there's a, a, a number of young point guards, uh, four or five that are expected to go in the top 10 next year. So I would be perfectly fine if the Sixers just showed some patience, went through this year with the guys that they have, uh, evaluated some talent and, and, and didn't go with a quick fix to make some sort of quick trade. Uh, you know, and, and 
I don't see the Sixers getting into the top five to, to get one of those guys. I really don't see that happening. I think they take Ben Simmons. They possibly move Jaleel or Nerland Noel for an established player, you know, hopefully a guard in the league. I know uh, you have heard some of, the, some of the rumors, as have I, about, you know, the team sh- looking to move Okafor or Noel for a possible shooter. Uh, and uh, that, that's the route that I hope they go. I, I'm very, very interested in seeing what uh, Joel Embiid has. I mean, this guy, they report he's grown another two inches to seven foot two. He, uh, he, he's got an unbelievable skill set, and I can, I can only imagine what a future of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid will look like here in Philadelphia. I'm very excited about the possibilities, Ryan. Understood completely. Again, it's uh, an interesting draft, a little top-heavy. People like everybody from Jalen Brown at three to Buddy Heald at three. It'll be interesting to see, you know, who pulls the trigger on some of these guys. A lot of guys, uh, a couple Europeans, the kid Bender, uh, of course, Sabonis from Gonzaga, the big man out west, Jakob Bortel out of Utah. So some couple bigs that, uh, that have a chance to, you know, be solid NBA players. I don't think there's many game changers uh, in the in the draft, but it's a, uh, a draft where teams will be able to address some some weaknesses, and of course, teams like Philadelphia will have a chance to take the top pick in the draft and hopefully take them to where LeBron is taking Cleveland to the promised land. Our thanks to uh, the mouth of Cherry Hill, New Jersey, Joe Schwartz for spending about 35 minutes with us talking Game 7, talking the epic collapse or the Cleveland win, however you want to uh, call it. Thanks, Joe. Hope all is well. Right. Thanks for having me, buddy. Anytime you need me to talk NBA, you know I'm there for you. The best. That was Joe Schwartz. Uh, of course, you know, he will be running out shortly to Jim's, uh, loves Jim's wit. He gets the Jawiz and the, and, the, and the fried onions. Big fan. So thanks to Joe for talking NBA. We knew we could always count on him. Uh, every single possession he was living died the way uh, I was and a lot of you guys were out there. So thanks to Joe Schwartz uh, for walking off the beach in Margate and giving us a little bit of time. And uh, we want to wrap up the show. We're talking a little hyper and a little hyper heat index. The hyper heat report is brought to you by hyper. And when we look at the first two players on the heat index today, we have LeBron James and Dustin Johnson, the two big winners of the weekend. And we talked so much about game seven and LeBron, and we didn't talk anything about the U.S. Open. And what a performance by Dustin Johnson over the four days. Down four shots into yesterday, has had all kinds of scars and majors, and comes out and just does an unbelievable job, obviously helped by the leader going plus six. So just like any other collapse, you need someone to collapse for someone to uh, come back, and or most of the time, and a big collapse from Lowry, uh, Dustin, just an unbelievable player, oozing with talent, uh, fairways, driving the ball as good as anybody on uh, in the tournament or better, uh, putter comes around, uh, makes a couple of key shots, gets kind of hosed by uh, the USGA, puts the uh, penalty on and ends up not even needing the penalty, uh, wins by three strokes, and for the first time, Dustin Johnson is a major champion on Father's Day. It was you know, great to see, and we see from the Hyper Heat report, Dustin with 
almost 400,000 Twitter followers, almost 300,000 Instagram followers, and 120,000 Facebook followers. So Dustin is a, uh, is a highly social uh, golfer, and he's, uh, of course, got a, a fiancé who most know, um, Gre- the Mrs. Gretzky, uh, Paulina Gretzky, is, is his, his, his fiancé. So she's got a big social following. Dustin does as well. About 70% of his audience is in the United States, and about 8% is out in the U.K. And we see from an age demographic standpoint, biggest following for Dustin Johnson is the 33 to 39-year-olds, followed by the 26 to 32-year-olds. So Dustin, right in the kind of baby boomer with about 70% uh, of his audience Caucasian and about 90% male. So interesting to see when you look at Dustin Johnson, and again, congrats to Dustin yesterday for an incredible uh, victory in his first ever major. And then when we look at LeBron, one of the biggest social media stars there is, 31 million on Twitter, 22 million Facebook, and 22 million on Instagram. That is 75 million social media followers for LeBron James. Uh, About 70% of those are men. From a following, only 20% in the U.S., 18% in India. He has such a big following that only 20% of them are in the U.S., with the bulk of them being 33 to 39, 26 to 32, and 19 to 25. LeBron James, one of the really the biggest athlete in the world when it comes to social media, and certainly uh, just absolutely enormous social media numbers from Hyper. The Hyper Heat Index. You can check on Hyper at hyperbrands.com, the largest search engine for influencers in the world. And thanks to Hyper for all their data for the Hyper Heat Index and throughout the show. Thanks to Joe Schwartz, the mouth of Cherry Hill, for spending a couple minutes talking NBA and Game 7 of the NBA Finals last night. Thanks to the Crowds Line. Head over to the Crowds Line now. Predict what's going to happen every single night. Win lots of prizes. And don't forget, it's free to play. Looking forward to a uh, action-packed week. Uh, won't be as crazy over the next couple of weeks as far as sports are concerned because there's uh, no more hoops, which is always a, uh, a downside. But the good side is July 8th, Summer League begins. But we will have a couple of really fun shows lined up. We are joined June 28th by Brian Berger, who runs Sports Business Radio. We will be doing a show live uh, in San Francisco later in July uh, when I'm out there at Twitter Sports. So lining up a couple of really fun shows and some fun guests and look forward to uh, spending some more time with everybody. As always, you can subscribe to the podcast at Inside the Burger Shop on iTunes. As my man Mad Dog Rousseau likes to say, adios. Podcast, the one that you heard about, talking sports media, buzz and the word of mouth, social is the currency, seeing what the buzz will be, talking sports and culture, you never know what'll be coming next, cause that's the
type of podcast you listen to, powered by the hyper brands. Who the man? Yo, Ryan at the forefront. Got it on my iTunes. Walking through the storefront. Listen to the broadcast. He touches almost anything. Sports, culture, media, technology, and marketing. So listen to the man right ahead of his time on your podcast. You can download or listen live. So here comes the podcast. Here comes your host. The Burger Shop now live from coast to coast. In any way you want to do it, listen to the show. Ryan got the insights. The Burger Shop, you know. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.